Margie Worthington podcast all day. All day. Dream by night. <laughs> Don't buy me a drink. Just give me 10 bucks. <laughs> all day. <laughs> Go down to the strip club with your floppy disk and turn it into a hard drive. Yeah, right. You'll get fucking thrown out by Big Tony. <laughs> we're here to name names and make people feel more ashamed for shit that they're not proud of. Don't blow it. Keep it simple. Count your money. No, whatever it is. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 94 of the uh, Marky Worthington Comedy Podcast. I'm here with a um, very special guest here, joining here from LA. It is Chris Candy. How you doing? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, man, Marky, thanks for having me, dude. Yeah, thanks Thanks for joining. Um, I uh, I like the structure in the background there. The bed post reminds me of McDonald's fries and it's making me hungry. <laughs> yeah, it's um, my, my girlfriend, uh, we moved in together and she, uh, she, um, she has this very lovely bed frame that is like a real pain in the ass to move because <laughs> yeah, yeah. she doesn't want it to ever get scratched. She doesn't want it to be scratched. Yeah. So yeah. it's like uh, I've, I've spent a lot of uh, extra care making sure it uh, survived any move we had together. So, yes. Um, and it also makes me hungry for McDonald's French fries, too. I'm glad the feeling's mutual. Getting um, getting the McDonald's French fries feed in, and, and this is this is for the audio listeners. Picture like if um, if there was like instead of a uh, um, a Happy Meal toy, they gave you a section of the bed every time, and when you put it together, you got an entire. It was like a subscription based thing, and then you could actually sleep in it. Yeah, <laughs> you could get the like IKEA McDonald's collab uh bed frame toy from <laughs> you know you just have to buy like 900 happy meals to get your <laughs> bed frame then the ironic thing is you don't feel any happier by the end of it no you actually feel miserable <laughs> you feel <laughs> the very un the, the very unhappy meal i actually um, there's yeah this, sorry like, oh no no i was just there's this like um there uh, i actually heard it funny enough on uh the mark Marin podcast he was talking oh, yeah. about i was listening to his podcast he's talking about this junk food kind of mcdonald's vegan restaurant and yep. uh i've eaten like i'm more or less vegetarian um, okay so i went to it uh to try it it was so good it was like yeah a, yeah and they and they it was vegan mcdonald's food and it and i think they have it's called the unhappy meal i think that that's what the name of it was that yeah you could yeah get. It was it was it was like so good. I was like, oh, this is insane. And then I felt like trash after it. <laughs> I, yeah, like, yeah. I got I got like McNuggets, like vegan McNuggets. Yeah. I felt like nothing health, healthy about this at all. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where you think you're cheating the system, and then all of a sudden it just comes back to show you that there is no there is no workaround. You can yeah. you always. It's it, actually if you didn't feel like trash after, you'd start to question whether it's authentic McDonald's or not. Yeah, there is no true healthy uh, like chicken nugget. I think is what I'm getting at. There's just yeah. no one. Yeah, this just doesn't work that way. I have a bunch of random um, things that we can go into, and we're actually talking off mic about podcasting and and um, additional stuff. Like I started doing um, in my sort of podcasting route by doing community radio. Um, and interviewing yeah. bands. I say you do radio as well. Is that sort of how you got into podcasting or? Yeah, um, it is like, that's awesome that you did community radio. Yeah, I, I, it's kind of like a dying art here, but it's uh, the station called KXLU, which is in Los Angeles. Um, it's one of the OG kind of early FM radio stations. Um, 
I, t- I went to college at Loyola Marymount and KXLU was the college radio station, but kind of the difference is, and I guess a lot of college stations are like that, but since this is in LA, like KXLU broke a lot of rad bands. Like Nirvana came through there, the Beastie Boys, um, it's still got a big history in punk rock. Um, you know, uh, there's Alma Del Barrio on the weekends for KXLU, which is a huge Latin radio show. Um, it, it just serves as such a big surface, uh, excuse me, service to the LA community. And I do this show called Noise Pollution there. It's kind of embodied a bunch of different shows, but um, in, in regards to like the way it was like programmed but now i primarily like just play kind of garage punk and and rock music and then it can like flow into like sometimes it can flow into uh oddly like disco or vintage techno or something so yeah it's it's like a fun little show vibey little rock show yeah that's awesome that's a bit like um so before um i did um yeah, like before I did a podcast, like I said, I, I did um, the radio and we, we did that as well. We'd sort of like start like, all right, we're going to we're gonna be metal, strictly metal. And before you know it, it was a bit of everything. Yeah, it, I, 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 I've been doing radio up there for forever and um, I, I, uh, I love radio. I don't know. What, what did you get out of uh, doing community radio? It's kind of fun. Oh, this is the best thing about interviewing someone who does a podcast on radio. They end up interviewing me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's 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 one plus but yeah no i got a lot out of it like one of my biggest things is i understood the work that goes into getting a good quality uh show like so often and i guess it kind of wrecked me a little bit now because i can't listen to like radio or podcasts or whatever without kind of like um listening out for like you know editing or audio filters or like you know um random peaks in 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 things like that yeah um but it did definitely it definitely gave me a big respect for um for the work that goes into producing a show yeah so like for me kxlu doesn't podcast their shows uh and noise pollution which is the name of my radio show we didn't for forever and then there started being kind of free podcasts there was all of these like i had a couple friends who were doing like like internet radio this yep. this 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 guy was doing this thing called no wave which was connected to this art gallery and then um i had a couple other friends who were like wanting noise pollution shows to be on their internet radios and and, mm-hmm. and i just don't know why we just didn't start podcasting it um but there was a gap for me because like i i didn't know how to really do a podcast you know even though it's the exact same thing as a radio show yeah um but i had a buddy who i did improv with for forever his name's rick darge rick and i make a bunch of stuff together and we were just like let's do a a podcast and so i started with him i actually do a podcast with the dude over in australia as well um called too much movie with this guy blake howard oh Um, nice yeah and that's a movie podcast um and then i do a a running podcast because i like to run a lot (laughs) yeah awesome awesome um yeah i I did see a few of the other podcasts around. Like, uh, there's one called, um, I think it's called OK Video. They just did like a like a 15 part John Candy's series. Really? Yeah. So they they started. I think their first episode was Uncle Buck, and then they've worked through 15 more movies, which um, John was in. Oh my god! I I didn't know about that. That's cool. 
Um, so yeah, quick shout out to them because I did a lot of, um, it was good to actually hear cause I've seen a lot of the movies, but I haven't actually sort of like heard any like podcasts really on the, like I haven't yeah. sort of seek, seek, I don't really seek out the, that type of, um, podcasts just because right. a lot of the podcasts I listen to are about like, um, more recent events. It's cool to hear one that does like retro stuff as well. Right. Right. Um, we, uh... Yeah. On too much movie, we cover kind of like uh, it's me and this uh, actor Rob Belushi and um, and Blake. Blake did the One Heat Minute podcast. Are you familiar with that one? Ah, uh, no, I'm not. No. So it was like based off the movie Heat, but he okay. did a, a one hour. He did a one hour podcast or a one episode podcast for every minute of the movie Heat. And oh yeah. He, it built all the way up to the end where he. <laughs> uh, got to interview Michael Mann. Holy um, shit! <laughs> what a, what a closing bit. Yeah, right. He he's he's a legend, and um, we uh, started this podcast called Too Much Movie. That is kind of like '90s um, flicks that are kind of dude action films. Like we yep. just did. Uh, uh, God, what is the Devil's Advocate? We did uh -huh. Backdraft. We did uh, L.A. Confidential. And we also did JFK, and that was yep. fun because we got to talk about that movie and my dad's kind of role in that, which was really fun. Yep. And then he brought on some amazing, like, Oliver Stone film aficionado, and I just got, like, a whole other download of education on how that filmmaker worked and all that stuff. It was cool, but that, that was neat to get to talk about his movies because I never really do that on podcasts as much. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I've definitely got, like, a section of this one devoted to it, so fear cool. no more. Um, <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> now i mentioned before this is episode 94 um right. so i've like i said um off mic i've sort of been doing this for a few years and i'm sort of getting up approaching that hundred number wow um but Congrats. it was sort of it was sort of like a um uh random oh so when i first started this podcast i don't know if you've done any goals f for yours or anything like that i mean some people liked it to flow organically whereas i'm like a fair bit more like goal orientated i like to work towards um sure. things so I, I wrote out a list of like potential guests over the years and i was just like hey once i get into the high 90s i might sort of have enough experience behind me to maybe sort of reach out to some more international guests and i thought what would be a cool um guest for 94 and then I, I realized that 94 is the year that John Candy passed away. And I was like, it'd be cool to have 94 as one of, um, oh yeah, a, a, like a devotion to him. So it was cool. It's cool to finally like see through on that goal. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, God, that, that's, that's interesting how that ends up lining up. Um, but I'm glad to be here for it. That's so cool. Congratulations on 94 episodes, man. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, I appreciate And I know it's kind of funny to put you like on the spot and be like, hey, guess what? You're like a, um, you know, you're, you, I planned this so far in advance, you know, it's kind of like, um, no, not, not at all. It, it's kind of, kind of funny, but I, I wanted to also show you. So like a few years ago, um, before we do this bit, I just want to get one question from you. What, um, what's your favorite, um, one of your father's films? What out of all the John Candy movies, which one's your favorite? Do you have one? Uh, I would have to say, I think if I had to watch one all the time, um, I would watch, 
Yeah, I think planes, trains, and automobiles is the best one. I think for yeah. me. Um, but I do like some of the deep cut ones. I, I love the Schmenge Brothers one, um, Last Polka, which yep. is a very early one. I love um, Who's Harry Crumb. Who's Harry Crumb yeah. is kind of like so fun. Um, I, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. yeah you Harry... at, as an actor and probably think like how much fun that would have been to film. I know. he was, that, that one was really cool because it, it also had that like Peter Sellers, Inspector Clouseau kind of like element to it. And yeah. he's just such a dummy in that movie. So it's so fun to watch. <laughs> uh, it's like that. Um, it's, it's a bit like if you go like back, a lot of people know a lot of the, the movies, but the SCTV stuff is really cool as well for all that sort of skit stuff. Totally. Yeah. That was really cool. Like um, I, I think that was probably one of my first times seeing a bit more dimension um, to John's like acting different different characters like because I'm kind of used to seeing like the like the like the the cool uncle or like the um the the like the silly spy or whatever and then I seen like a a bit more like um I guess you could say like degenerative characters with like the the cook what was it like uh, I've got the thing here the um the La Rule the johnny oh, uh, larue yeah. yeah larue with the uh with the chef like the tv chef yeah he um oh uh, that uh that, well let's see was that uh oh when he was um god he played uh what's uh julia child that's what it was it was julia child yeah uh, based on a character yeah yeah that sctv was for for what I always thought and when I like would rewatch it was like the goofiest stuff. Mm. And I, and, you know, I, I went through this time where I didn't really watch a lot of it growing up and I didn't really get it. Um, I mean, mm. and, and I, I didn't really get how goofy they were, you know? Yeah. And, and then now when I rewatch, like, you know, you know, these, some of these actors are like, you know, award-winning actors. Yeah. Now. Yeah. And they're really, really talented. And, they were just doing such goofy, playful, funny stuff back in the day. And, and it's so fun to watch, you know, like from my dad to, you know, Eugene Levy to Catherine O'Hara, Martin Short. All these guys are just really, really serious, cool actors. But they were so goofy. I mean, they still really are. But yeah, those SCTV days um, really showcase that in a really cool way. I think that it's one of those um, things where it's like you kind of need to have a bit like uh, with comedy right like i'll have some jokes where i'm like more serious it's more of a story piece and then some that are just straight up silly it's funny i was i was just at at the um wga writers strike um and i was i was doing i was walking around uh for the writers because that's going on here in la and i live yeah yeah. i live right down the street from one of the studios and um i saw brian posein and bob odenkirk there and i thought well, that was so cool and and yeah, yeah. i i remember um when they did not uh with bob and david they had a couple like funny like um i thought that was cool because it was like contemporary mr show when they did that yeah 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 that that's cool it's like the the writer's strike brings um you know more opportunities in the scene because you're bumping shoulders with the right people sometimes you know, well, the funny thing is, I, I, I don't think I ever met, I maybe met Brian Posehn once, um, but we don't, he doesn't remember me, but um, I remember I saw him for the very first time at a Pennywise show um, in LA. It was for the musician Keith Morris. He had, he had like a benefit show okay. at, the, at the whiskey. I remember seeing 
uh, Brian Posehn. <laughs> Part yeah. of me today wanted to bring it up, but I'm like, I'm, we're just marching here. I don't know. <laughs> you don't seem to be talking. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, hey, do you remember me? <laughs> yeah, you remember me? I. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but I, I at the whiskey. Stuff. Is that right? You said. Well, he was at the show. I just yeah. remember he's a very like visually recognizable person, and so. Yeah. Um, I was at the show. I was in like seventh grade, and it was Keith. It was Keith Boris, who's the singer of Black Flag and Circle Jerks. Mm-hmm. Um, he was diagnosed with cancer back then, and so they did benefit shows for him. Yeah. And uh, that the one I saw, it was Fishbone, The Vandals, Pennywise, and this band Nashville Pussy open for him. Okay. Um, and Nashville was... Pussy's played in Canberra. I, I've seen. Oh, them. really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. right on. Yeah, um, only a few months ago at a venue I work at called The Basement. Oh, whoa. Yeah, I I, I had no idea they were still playing. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I remember I was in the pit, and I was like a little kid, and there was this big uh, dude, this big Asian dude put a mouth guard in. He was, like, <laughs> he was just ready to like fuck shit up. I was like, oh, my God, here we go. He was huge, bigger than me. I was like, whoa. Oh well, I mean, I used to work at like an um, electronics resale business um, called Dick Smith. Um, they've okay. gone be- belly up now, but they're basically Australia's equivalent of like Best Buy. Okay. Um, and uh, I had one of the biggest Asian dudes I've ever seen in my life came in and like yell at um, yell at me because uh, he needed a cable for his Nintendo Switch to like connect. Oh, his Nintendo Wii to connect to the tv um and did i feel like in my mind when you told that story it was that dude so in in that in that play out in my mind he walks into the pit with a mouth guard and a nintendo Wii, just ready to ready to fuck shit up um <laughs> yeah i it, yeah but i, I you're, you're talking about the whiskey um one of the comedians i listen to who's in la he's he grew up in the bay area his name's dean delray he um, oh, does yeah. a podcast. Yeah, he often talks about the whiskey and the rainbow and like all sorts of cool LA spots. I've never, uh, well, I've met Dean a couple times. He's really good friends with a bunch of uh, my friends who are stand ups. That guy has got so many stories, man. Because yeah, he was like a roadie, wasn't he, for yeah. Metallica or something? Was that what it was? Um, I actually don't know which bands, but I knew he used to book for a few of the venues. Um, okay. Yeah, so he was like the 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 booker. I think he did the cow the cow palace and stuff like that. Okay, um, but I can't really remember. He had one of the in one of his previous episodes. He had like the um, his offsider when he was a booker, and they were just talking about wild stories of venues, sort of yeah. stuff that happens. But yeah, yeah he um, yeah, I, you know, it's funny. Yeah, I went to his. He had a show at this place called the El Rey, and it was yeah. his fiftieth birthday. And he was the lead singer of the band that performed. And I think like Bill Burr. Like an ACDC thing with Bill yeah, Burr as the yeah, drummer. Bill, yeah, Bill Burr was on drums. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. It was sick. I just remember, um, I have a buddy, this guy, Kevin Christie, who's really good friends with Dean. And yeah. Uh, yeah, Kevin invited me to that. And I just thought that that was like, the, it was super fun that night, I remember. Oh, that's awesome, man. You know, he talks a lot of Kevin on the show. So that's that's cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, Kevin is an old friend of mine for forever. But yeah, awesome, awesome. Look, there you go. When worlds collide, hey. Yeah, so I've been listening to Dean's podcast for for years, and I sort of got onto him by listening to um, Bill Burr's podcast. So okay, yeah, they they work a lot together. I think. 
um, I have a actually I've got a um, like a canvas print that I made of Dean Del Rey in, in like as a bit of an inspiration. It's a quote of his. It's like I'd rather work sixteen hours a day for myself than eight hours for someone else. Yeah, right on. Yeah, totally. Um, which is his whole mentality. It seems like he he I've heard I've heard a lot of his like schedules and stuff that he talks about on the podcast. And he's just like, wow, man, that dude will like you know just come back from a tour and then just instantly have a podcast lined up and then do a spot and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's the real deal. Yeah, he's he's a he's a lifer, dude, as they say. Um, but yeah, that's cool that you sort of brush shoulders with 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 a few of the like the people that I listen to um, online, and I, um, I I like that Dean also does a bit of music on the side. Like he did that for like twenty five years or something. But it's cool that he's sort of not completely lost that. Um, but it's I'm glad that he's moved on to comedy. I I just I I respect people like that because I grew up playing music and I was in punk bands and mm -hmm. and I still play punk rock music and I was a roadie for a little while. So when I learned about Dean through Kevin, we had a kind of similar experience in regards to you know I just doing both comedy and music, Dif different worlds. Yeah. Um, but and then even to tie in Brian Posehn, like I, I always loved that song Metal by Numbers that he sang and, and he always kind of like, I think he was wearing a Wasp t-shirt today actually when I saw him. Yep. So, you know, he's just like, you know, I, I've always like, there's one other, uh, Kyle Kinane. Kyle Kinane's a funny stand-up and he's really deep yep. into the punk rock scene and, um, you know, the, the more close, Kyle Kinane's more in the scene that I'm kind of a part of, Chris Gethard, mm -hmm. all those guys kind of know a lot of those heads. But um, yeah, it's like, it, it's cool because i i loved listening to that music growing up and it's it's like i realize like i'm just getting older and it makes sense there's a lot of other people into the same stuff i'm into as well yeah yeah i think that it's it's good to be able to connect over music like i've met so many people in the scene just via like having a similar interest in bands and that sort of stuff right um, but yeah i mentioned before i work at um at a live music venue on the site and um yeah we've had some cool bands come through there um which also gives me a bit more variety like there's a lot of bands like you mentioned nashville pussy and stuff like that i just wouldn't have ever seen that um like level of international band just in my home in my well not home i've lived in canberra now for 10 years but like my local bar you know there's a my buddy uh, is this guy Jeff Rosenstock and he's played over in Australia a handful of times. He had a band called Bomb the Music Industry for a while. Okay. I know they I know they've played Cambra, um, but he would work with a couple bands over that way. Um, but they're kind of more in the ska punk scene. That's yeah, sure. There. Yeah, there's there's one renowned um, Australian ska band called Los Capitan, and okay. um, yeah, and they and they like. Um, they got a couple of like songs from when I was in high school, you know, when, when I was, so I, I um, grew up in that like emo sort of punk scene. Yeah. Totally. Um, and yeah, Scar was a bit of a crossover between, you know, the pop music and the like emo music, you know, you kind of just like you had an appreciation for it. Absolutely. Yeah. I grew up listening to all that stuff. Um, I worked on the Vans Warp Tour, and and uh, that was like a big traveling tour that that yeah. goes on in the U.S. I think they did it in Australia too. Um, yep, that was my first job out of high school. I worked on that tour for like three months, and and I wow. got to I, I I got to see so many great bands. Yeah, uh, 
and become friends with some of them and, and, uh, keep in touch with others. And yeah, there it's, uh, it was cool. I, I grew up like for music. I loved, um, like ska and punk early on, but then like, I got into like a really big, like metal core kind of like, uh, hardcore scene kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. You know, I really like, I saw this band Glassjaw on, um, the Vans Warped Tour. And yep. I, I ended up becoming buddies with them a bit at, at the time. And I just became like a super fan. Like I was just obsessed. They were so sick. Yeah. Uh, nice. So heavy. And, and I just love that stuff. And the, the, yeah, the band I ended up starting at a college, we were very influenced by Glassjaw. It was really cool. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. We got a couple of the heavier ones coming out. Like um, we in a few months, we got a band called Archbuyer coming okay. th through Canberra and like I don't know if he still holds it but I interviewed them in 2019 I think and at the time their drama was um Guinness World Record fastest drummer in the world whoa sick yeah and um the um singer would sing like sort of like these like um it's kind of sounded a bit like rap but like it was metal like it was the speed of like a tech nine rap oh. song okay Whoa, um, that sounds sick. But just with metal, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, it was one of the first bands they fed AI to like create music. Um and it oh, just Oh I heard yeah. about this. And it just got stuck in a loop. You can watch it live still. It's playing right now. It's just stuck in like a riff loop and it just can't get out of it. <laughs> yeah. It just gets to the point where it just doubles over itself and becomes just like straight noise. <laughs> yeah um yeah so yeah that's Dude, cool I, I i welcome the machines if they're going to be playing archbire my this this dude dan fonder i know shout out dan fonder he uh he is a runner friend of mine and he made this video of the band real big fish and every time a horn plays the song gets one percent faster yeah by the end of the song sell out by real big fish it is so <laughs> fuck it's like <laughs> it's so funny it's really good oh that's awesome yeah it's cool to play with things like that it's good to be in the digital age where you can like you can sort of experiment with different things and filters as well um yeah yeah i I'm, I'm glad that we got like a good crossover with music as well. Hey, this might even be a, a podcast that I can release on the Metalheads platform, at least this section of it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know tons of, I know I, I grew up playing and listening to all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Well, it's good. It's good. I think the arts in general, you know, whether it's like acting, producing, um, writing or playing, it's all sort of interlocked. Yeah. Um. And it all comes it all comes down to just that creative mindset, I guess. Um, Absolutely, it's the key. Yeah, yeah, and like I said at the top of the show, like when we're chatting off mic, I sort of like tend to find myself different times of the day I'm more active. Right. Um, yeah, you're saying in the morning you like to write a lot in the morning. I wrote a really like even before comedy when I was about like I don't know um i was still in high school it's probably about 16 15 or 16 we were studying the black plague in history whoa yeah yeah i know it was full on this is some australian public school shit man they just throw you under the bus but um <laughs> um they they uh, we had to write a um oh we didn't have we were just studying it and i just woke up and like started thinking about how wild it would be to be like my age then right 
So it's like 4 a.m. I can't get this idea on my head. And I just wrote like a full, like four or five page little mini story about growing up in, and like being in that era then. Um, so even before comedy, it just kind of like me doing stand up, I used to just kind of find that was a more active part of the day for me. I'm so lazy when it comes to writing. It's insane. It 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 is the I you know I I've written a few things, but I it, it is like I have to trick myself into it and like mm. promise myself like a reward afterwards. <laughs> I love like the active stuff. Like I love performing, acting, improv. Um, you know, but if like I could, I could kind of do it. Like I've written like stuff but it is like like getting like concrete out of a toothpaste uh dispenser i'm like yeah. oh fuck but i eventually get it out but yeah it's you know it's like because then i come to meet people like yourself who's writing jokes all the time or um i meet other writers and they're just like they love to like get into that groove and just bang it out and so for me you know if i had any time it would probably be like around like early afternoon for like a, mm. two to three hours i can go but then yep. i like get start getting tired and i'm out yeah I have, to, I have to like check so many boxes before i get to writing i'm like all right i've got to like wake up have coffee go on a run or work out uh have a little breakfast uh check my emails sit on my ass like surf youtube like all these stupid things to, like get me to like be like all right yep. i guess i'll like finish uh my <laughs> pilot idea like yeah. that i'm working on about, you know it takes me forever to get to that place and then when i do i'm like i literally look just like a caveman i'm like blah, 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 like and, and jamming ideas out and it's just like ugh. so yeah i guess that that's every writer's experience i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things until you talk about it you don't realize how common it is yeah right i just feel like a full-on like like uh yeah caveman just like stomping blah 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 on the keyboard <laughs> I, I write quite a bit but i don't practice and rehearse enough like whenever i sort of i i don't sort of prepare enough for my stage time like when i finally get on stage i sometimes find myself ripping or just like doing crowd work or just like pissing about and sometimes good stuff will come of that but I, for the most part don't don't practice what i write as much as i should yeah, I, I've, like, fallen victim to being stupid in that way for myself where, like, I'm like, oh, I'll just go. I remember I hosted a comedy show once, a uh, stand-up show. Yeah. I was such a bad host. I was like, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> improv I can go up and do. Like, you can yeah. – I, I kind of get it, and, and I have fun doing that. But, like, I remember <laughs> – I remember, like, I was hosting a show, and I got up there, and I thought it improv through the hosting duties but really good hosts of a comedy show have jokes planned out and like they're you know maybe they'll do one or two jokes and then they'll introduce the comic i just got up there and like hey everybody give yourselves a round of applause and i just kept on like leaning into cheesy <laughs> crowd work and yeah. and then i um realized and i realized i sucked i was like oh i have nothing to offer here because you're an idiot for thinking you could just go do this and um and I, I give nothing but respect to stand-ups because, like, they, like, have that love-hate relationship with it. Um, yeah. And mine is, like, I, I don't want to disrespect it by ever attempting it again is maybe the best way to put it. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. Like um, I was listening to a podcast recently and they said um, someone said that they did um, stand up like once because it was like a dare. Right. And, and the comedians on the podcast was like, how good is it that like the thing we aspire to do is someone's like dare to do once, like to see if they can get through it? Yeah, it's like it. I like. I get that though. It's like it. See, the thing is, is it doesn't scare me to go up there and do it. Like I could go up there and talk to people, but mm. would it be interesting? I don't yeah. think so. I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess I. I guess if I had a couple stories to tell, you know, mm. maybe that's a way to do it. But like, I watch like Anthony Jeselnik or or Dean Del Rey or yep. or or these these you know. Uh, Tom Segura, these guys are like painters, you know, Sarah Silverman, like they, they architect and write these like beautifully intricate jokes that are so funny to listen to. So it's like all respect to that, that craft. Cause I just, I, I haven't really attempted to crack it. And, and whenever I've just tried to wing it, I look like a fool. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love, I, I like hearing, um, yeah, like hearing that, like from the other side. Like I, I've obviously only know like Australian comedy. I've never travelled overseas to do any comedy, so it's cool to hear that. Like, it's still a mu as much of a pain in the ass anyway in the world um, to crack yeah. into. <laughs> all, all hands up to. I mean, not all hands up. All I, all praise all to people. All three all, hands up. My first student film i was ever in my friend carlos directed and it was called all hands up that was the name of it oh. and his 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 um i was in high school and and i played like a mob boss and the mob boss wore socks on his hands <laughs> and i was like a gangster type and uh we and his his aunt worked at a studio and she got all the other actors cop uniforms to wear and it was the craziest movie of all time it was so goofy <laughs> But I remember I was a, a villain with socks on my hands. I was like, yeah, I wear socks on my hands. You know, you got to keep them. It was super funny. <laughs> um, well, much like how you um, hosted the show, I've sort of dabbled in a little bit of acting. I did a student film. Um, oh, nice. I, I uh, played a part of um, a failed um, Tinder date. So <laughs> the best thing was I had to be um, – so it was like camera facing me. I'm like looking down the barrel, pretending that I'm looking down the into the eyes of the person on the opposite side of the table. So it was okay. shot in two different little bit behind the scenes of the CIT film. Oh, CIT's our um like um sort of um student sort of okay study. It's like our community college. Uh, right. so, yeah, yeah, city, like a, like a, it's our city college here in the states. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I just windled on that for so long. Like part of me in my mind was just like, shut up. He knows what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> and then, but I was doing the same thing. I'm in my head going like, don't complete his sentence, Chris. You have no idea what he's gonna say. Don't be a know it all, you idiot. <laughs> so we both got in our own heads, dude. <laughs> um so yeah we're both trying not to finish the sentence but oh. we both wanted it to end um no so i um i did the the community i did the the crt film and the worst thing was like i'm great at riffing with 
people like I, if i can see someone's face and like see their reaction to what i'm saying that helps a lot whereas i had to just look down the barrel of this camera and pretend that i was on a date with someone so my one scene and and i'll give you a quick idea about the film basically it's set in the future we've run out of things to eat so people are electing that when they die that they can become food for humanity oh whoa and just like how there's um just like how there's um vegans vegetarians now there's also people that are like no i'm 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 choosing not to eat people meat <laughs> and i had to be like i played as one of the people that wasn't going to um like they're called humanitarians yeah. <laughs> um and i'm like trying to like push my agenda onto this person that's um that's in the funny. date yeah so i looked down the barrel of the camera and i'm like the worst thing about eating people is what are you going to do with the skeletons and then like cut that's the end scene right (laughs) and and um it comes down to like an improv thing um that i seen del dean delray do where he was like um the worst thing about cannibalism in like a um in the movies is they're like someone has to eat the dick but they never show that so like (laughs) the dude that's going to get firewood comes back and there's just a skeleton with just the dick and he's like oh what the fuck you guys ate the dude already like i have to fucking eat the worst part like why didn't you wait for me (laughs) um so yeah it's kind of i was playing that improv in my mind as i was doing the the scene that's cool man that's cool Uh, Right but yeah, on. that was my one little film. And the other one, I was an extra in like a historical recreation documentary. Wow. So these, it's based on the people that discovered Antarctica. That sounds dope. And I had to just sit in a room um, that was a sauna that had been like fitted out to look like a, um, look like a, um, a log cabin. So like the wooden walls and stuff. Um, I'll pull up a picture here. Um, but yeah, I basically had to sit in this room and look like I'd been um, in there like on a cold night for the for, to like to lock lock in um, to stay safe. Here's a, a, a still from the from the show. Oh, dude, you look sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, you got a big beard, dude. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, and um, you got an Uncle Buck bowler oh, shirt on let's let's get into that so i um is that an original one where'd you find that okay this this is a very important part of this show <laughs> so um i am massive uncle buck fans my favorite movie of all time oh um, so cool. yeah it's a great movie so my fiance um went and uh like we were one of the first things we did first movies that i was like you have to watch with me it was kind of like a showstopper you know you like you you need you need to like at least sit with me and watch me enjoy this movie whether you like the movie or not doesn't really worry me but i just want you to watch it and see what you think yeah luckily i think she'd already seen it years prior but like it was sort of cool to rehash it it's that and terminator 2 are my two movies that people should watch with me if they haven't seen it before um yeah uh, yeah yeah yeah. anyway so um we watched a movie um and then it was my 30th birthday um at the start of the year and she wanted to get something special so she sent away to a custom bowling prince 
um, website to have because they they weren't many available in like already made that like match the same sort of color theme and stuff. Yeah. So she's sent away to a custom place that makes shirts for teams and stuff and just said, I would like this shirt, these colors, and um, have it embroidered and all that sort of stuff. So I'll show the shirt. Um, It basically matches the color Yeah, it's like identical. And um, and (laughs) after liking their Facebook page and following them and sending through the order, she sees a post. After 50 years of devoted service to the community, we've decided like to close our doors so this was actually one of the last orders they produced whoa that's amazing um, so yeah that that's i i got this shirt but um but yeah so that's how i how i how i came about um to to have like a pretty close replica of the um of the shirt from uncle buck dude that's so awesome right on um but i uh hang on i'll just pull up another picture so here it is Here's the first tattoo I got from um, Dead Cherub on the back of my leg. Whoa. <laughs> oh, my God. I, f- I feel like I've seen this tattoo. I mean, you know, it's funny. Every once in a while, I will get a text message from someone, and it'll be a photo of my father on their leg. Or, that's, <laughs> that's so cool, man. That's awesome. The artist did an amazing job. He looks so demonic. He's like, he yeah, got, the, yeah. he got the, the crazed element of Buck uh, perfect in that image. Oh, my God. You can um, you can nearly hear the laugh when you see the, the, the photo. And that was uh, 2018, and it's aged really well too. So that was when it was fresh, and it it still it still looks uh, as good. Maybe even a little um, more blended because it um, because you know time blends the tattoo well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I've heard. I don't have any tattoos, but um, I that's so cool, man. Well, well, thanks for getting my father uh, <laughs> his picture tattooed on you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I, I'm glad you took it well because I, I was just like, this could be a disaster ending ah. to, uh, <laughs> to that story. Um, but yeah, no, so, and he did a really good job as well. I, that's who I see now for, for, for any like great sort of leg tattoos and that sort of stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Um, the um have you seen the uncle buck trailer someone's recreated to pitch it as a horror movie um i haven't no i have no so someone's remade a trailer for uncle buck but they've actually like pitched it as a horror movie (laughs) and they've sort of had like the spooky music the bit where it's playing on the piano like the Uh and it kind of like fades out and goes to like negative and then it's sort of him like with a hatchet at the back of the car like doing Uh the laugh uh like yeah yeah, it's it's a pretty cool pretty cool cut oh that's cool man yeah yeah i'll have to check that out um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's, that, that was like, um, something that I always remember from, um, watching different acting types. I, I, I appreciate the, the depth of each character. And I think with uncle buck, the, the, the depth of, of the character, you can sort of see past the, like the exterior a little bit towards right. the end of the film. Right. Yeah. He, he, that's like the John Hughes, John Candy combo. And, um, I think. John wrote Buck for my father, and um, I think it plays really into his strengths. And 
God, that was such a big hit. Um, but he um, he had elements of himself that was that playful. You know, Buck is like a big kid, and my dad was like a big kid, and so yep. I think uh, they work those those characters. That character is is very much kind of had elements of my father for sure. Though I don't think he would have ever taken us to like a racetrack. <laughs> <laughs> well, Luke, that's that's the that's the thing, right? He didn't like that was the yeah. the turning point of the character, and um, the scenes I've seen a lot of people have shared this video of him running lines with Macaulay Culkin behind the scenes. Like, sure. um, that was a really cool little um snip that I seen. Um, I, I reckon. See- yeah. Did you did you did you ever see the um the footage of uh where Buck is playing with all the delivery people? Have you seen that footage? It's like lost no. footage. You could find it. It's one of the actors who played a uh, delivery person, and yeah, it's like it's like it's like my dad, uh, the late actor Mike Haggerty. Um, um, then there's uh my dad's driver, uh, this guy Frankie Hernandez. God passed away, but um, um. A couple other character actors, and they're all playing. Um, I think they're playing Trivial Pursuit, or they're playing Monopoly, or they're playing yeah. like a board game. And they're hanging out, and it's yeah. like uh, it was a scene that got cut, but you 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 could find it for sure. Yeah, uh, it, it's this like extended Uncle Buck scene, um, and uh, it's really really funny. You, you'll love, you'll get a kick out of that. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I, I I love seeing the behind the scenes stuff. Nearly sometimes more than the movie. Like I like the the story behind it. Right. Um, and that's why I like the um the random director's cuts or whatever, you know. Mark Beltzman, that was the other actor I was thinking of. He's in okay. the scene as well, yeah. Yeah, um, and in your like early childhood, do you did you ever get any chance to be on any sets or anything like that with, with your father or oh yeah, yeah. Um I was on the Uncle Buck set, I remember as a kid, um the bowling scene. Uh, oh, we're in the bowling alley. I was there. I think that that might have been one of the last days of shooting. Um, and I I was on a good majority of them. Cool Runnings. I was on. Who's Harry nice. Crumb? JFK. He he wanted us to travel around with him a good amount. So. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. I um I've seen a couple interviews over the years. Um, I seen one with your sister Jen. Um, who mentioned that um Uncle Buck was probably the closest to John's like personality out of all of his characters off off scene yeah i think that, like exactly whenever he kind of is this like goofy guy uh but yeah no i think she's right yeah buck is definitely similar to to my father very strong similarities yeah um and the 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 scenes like do you remember when you were on set versus when you watched the movie does that help sort of jog those memories back up again um, you know, I think just for the, yeah, if I was there on location for those scenes, then it does. Um, only the lonely was another one he did that I was there for. And, and I just remember being there for certain days. Um, but uncle Buck, I believe I was, it was in Chicago and it was at a bowling alley in Chicago. And I remember it was a second story bowling alley. I think there was businesses downstairs and I remember the production and, you know, when you're a kid, you walk up to these kind of big you know, cruise and it's this big overwhelming yeah. thing, but yeah, it's cool. You kind of cut through everybody and, and there's your, uh, your dad kind of hanging out, uh, doing his job. It's a neat, it's yeah. a neat experience. 
That's cool. It's like, hey, this is, you know, this is my job. Like my, like a lot of people see someone going to work in the morning and coming home and you don't kind of, as a kid, see the, the other side of it, but you're kind of on set, you know, it's, 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 that's a cool way to bring, bring you into it. Yeah. A lot of times hanging out, uh, hanging out in this trailer, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, now you were similar, well, a few years age difference between you and Macaulay Culkin. I was wondering if you guys ever like on that set ran into each other. Yeah. Uh, I, I it was on only the lonely. He was there one day cause I'm not sure if his brother was, uh, in one, I know his brother was in home alone. I can't, but it was on only the lonely. I was there. Um, and he had already done, home alone and mm-hmm. i was i was like starstruck to meet him i was so <laughs> as a kid i just remember being like super like i was starstruck because <laughs> you know i'd seen home alone and, and i was just like everyone else like freaked out when i saw that movie <laughs> so i remember there was this one time i got to meet him and i was just i was really intimidated because he was so cool you know <laughs> and i think his brother was there um and yeah yeah, I remember that? That was a cool memory. His brother now, God, has gone off to do amazing stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's it's cool. Like a lot of people, um, sometimes focus on the sibling, um, but it's good to see other people doing stuff like, um, like Charlie Murphy, um, as well as Eddie. You know, like a lot of comedians speak highly of Charlie from over the years. Yeah, definitely. Well, they're uh, they're all unbelievably talented. It's just some of them, um. I've gotten a lot more exposure, you know. Mm. Mm. And it, um, it's, it's like a Bill Burr story that he was on tour with Charlie Murphy and Patrice O'Neill. Oh yeah, and um, he said that um, Charlie was just like they were just both riffing on Bill, you know, um, like giving him a hard time the whole time, you know. And um, he's like, "Oh, I know what I'll do," because like you know how after you have a big feed, you'd like want to fall asleep. Um, sure. So they'd been up touring, like all that sort of stuff. So he goes into like Popeyes and just gets the biggest bucket of chicken he can, brings it back to the car, and they all hooked in. And Bill just kind of had like a small amount, but they both fell straight asleep straight after. And he goes, "That was the smartest thing I ever did. They just left me alone for the rest of the rest of the time." <laughs> That's funny, man. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah, rodeo clowns with food. <laughs> yeah, you're just like uh, it, it's they it's caught he um who was it I think he said Charlie pulled him aside and he said um Billy you got me with the itis and he's like the itis and they're like yeah the itis that's what happens when you eat too much and you fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, good. That's good, that's a good stuff. Like on so he's talking about on set and like riffing with your colleagues and stuff. I think some of the best times I've had isn't just on stage but hanging out with comedians in the green room. Do you ever have any like cool experiences on set or like behind the scenes um funny stories that you remember yeah i mean i i mean for for all of them i think i've I've had like the fortunate experience of like being in some rooms with some really cool amazing people you know and, and getting to hang out with some really big comedians you know um from my dad's world from when my dad was alive to since he's passed and and then and then i've also had my own experiences of when i've been doing improv or or working on a film and i get to hang out with like another really cool crew of actors and there's just a consistency i think in in no matter what it is be it like you know um 
you know, the, uh, the bar at the great Western forum, hanging out with like my dad and Wayne Gretzky, uh, when I'm like a little kid and seeing these guys just all hang out or, or if it's like, you know, me hanging out at like a sports bar up the street from an improv club and it's 1230 at night and we're all going to go get Thai food afterwards. Like, yeah, there's this, this common energy of like camaraderie and, and people wanting to have a good time and, and hang out and tell stories. And it's yep. infectious. You just, you, you want to keep doing it for forever. I still want to keep doing it, but you know, you just pick and choose because otherwise you won't get any work done. Yeah. 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 But, um, this but is they're another... really, really powerful moments. Yeah. It's a bit, it's like the advice I heard. Um, um, I, I keep harping on the same people, but yeah, this was some Bill Burr advice to Dean Del Rey and um, he spoke about it on the podcast and he was saying like, you need to live life to write bits. You're not going to come up with new material while you're in the comedy condo waiting to go on stage if that's all you ever do. Right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I think it's so easy to, I'd agree. Yeah. I think that, that you have to constantly be like widening your horizons and broadening them and, doing new stuff because like I can get I that can happen to me. I can get stuck in a rut sometimes and just want to do the same routine all the time. But if I don't go out and push myself to do new things, then I, I never would get inspired to do anything new. And and I, that makes so much sense. Yeah. 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 I, I um am conscious of your time and I want to try and wrap it up soon, but because I could definitely talk to you forever about all this crazy cool stuff. Um, I appreciate you, um, you joining the show and, um, yeah, sh sh being part of the, the goal that I set, you know, five years ago when I, when I set out to do the podcast. I'm happy to do it, man. Thanks for having me. Um, so yeah, this is episode 94 with, um, with Chris Candy and, uh, just, closing out i'll give a couple of quick shout outs just because i've just remembered the cit film i did is on youtube it's called cannibal holocaust or something like that cool i'm gonna watch that yeah. <laughs> um and uh yeah i as the first ever thing i ever did with uh, any any form of acting let me just make sure i got that right um oh no cannibal ca uh catalyst sorry cannibal holocaust was the um the um one of the like early scary like 90s films that i have in my collection but yeah anyway right on um but yeah so um and the other one the historical documentary was men of ice um and uh, they actually filmed it in a few of the snowy locations around canberra for the like outdoorsy scenes as well so oh cool yeah it's, it's full on like they um did a lot of work on it and the makeup artists making everyone look like they had frostbite and all sorts of crazy cool effects um but yeah before we uh before we sign off uh just do you want to give a shout out to your uh, radio stuff we spoke about it earlier and your podcast as well yeah you can find all my stuff at christophercandy.com uh noise pollution goes on every wednesday uh from 10 to 11 p.m uh pacific standard time i don't know what time that would be in australia maybe it's like <laughs> i think actually we had a listener once from australia and they said it was like a morning show for them okay um yeah. I, I if it's but um yeah that would make sense um but yeah you can find all my stuff there i i, I love making stuff i do a lot of it so hopefully uh there's something i'm doing that you like yeah yeah awesome and yeah i've checked out the website you got some cool skits on there as well so the um that a couple of those had me chuckling like the love language and that sort of stuff oh, that's thanks, really man. fun um 
so yeah thanks for, thanks for being on the show and before we wrap up i am going to announce some um, uh charity bowling event so i've got like an uncle buck themed bowling event just like the alley that we spoke about um it it'll be in uh but instead it'll be in like the 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 cam the cameras version um i love it of the chicago bowling alley we're going to be um getting a bunch of comedians versing each other at a bowling game and we'll turn that into a charity event um now we spoke um about um about bowling and the fun of all that, <laughs> raising some money. Where would where do you think would be the best place in um, John Candy's name to to uh, donate that money? I think first of all, that's awesome, and I think it'll be a really fun game. And and God, I I would love to try and be out there to play uh, a couple games of bowling with you guys. Uh, <laughs> who who knows? Um, but I think if you were to do a charity, my dad loved Make a Wish Foundation. Yeah, he spent a lot of time doing stuff with that charity. Uh, so that would be a great charity foundation to put some some money towards. Yeah, awesome. Well, if um, if all else fails, there's always online Wii bowling that we can um, that right we can on. always pull back <laughs> on. And as long as um, I have the correct HDMI cable to connect it to the TV, that's the biggest problem. <laughs> um yeah but thank thanks heaps we'll wrap it up on that and um cheers everyone for tuning in been a really really um cool episode thanks barky don't buy me a drink just name names yes, yeah I'm right big tony you'll get fucking thrown out of the strip club with your floppy disk yeah, all day make people feel shamed for shit all day <laughs> don't blow it into a hard drive yeah right. <laughs> yeah. keep it simple count your money that they're not proud of just give me 10 bucks all right did you hang up? No, I just said click.